Terry, if you'll come forward. Terry um, Wilson is a member here at Church of Apostles. She is the, our area director for Young Life and has been ministering this community, getting on close to 20 years now. And yes. um, some of you might know her husband, Mark, and her children, and Gentry and Wiley. We're so glad to have you here. And her mother-in-law, Beth, as well. So um, we're honored and just uh, let, me, let me have a prayer for you. Great. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for just the work that you're uh, doing in, in the gospel way um, for Terry and also for our community and these students that are just facing so many uh, things. And we ask your blessing to be upon her and may her word come forth with the, the love and passion she has for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Robert. So, as Father Robert said, I have been here doing Young Life for around 20 years with my husband, Mark, and he spoke at the beginning of the summer and told us about, told you all about our trip that we take with high schoolers from here. We take them with us to a Young Life camp, and we usually are taking kids who don't know the gospel, have never heard about Jesus, kids who don't really go to church, and they're disinterested, but they we build relationships with them and then we take them and they hear about Jesus in a new way for the first time. And hopefully um, they come home and we start shepherding them and walking with them and talking to them about what it looks like to follow Jesus as they come home. And then we take kids from here to camp. There's a team of people who are there like us running the camp. And so usually at some point in the summer, we get to go as a family and serve in that way. And so we've just gotten home from spending a month working at a camp. And Mark and I usually take turns doing the job. So this summer, Mark was the camp director, which means he led the team, ran the camp, which generally you would think is a pretty fun job. I mean, he gets to shepherd the team, spiritually lead the team. Well, it's great until anything goes wrong. And so if some kid's acting out, If anyone's doing anything wrong, Mark is the heavy on that. Well, our fourth week, we're in our last week, in the midway through the week, these storms come through, tornadoes, it starts hailing, and the power goes out. And we're in the middle of this mountain in Georgia, and if you know anything about that, we're pretty much the last people to get power. So power never came back on the rest of that week. And Mark had to run the camp with two buildings on generators that didn't have air conditioning. And it was wild. It felt like chaos for us on our end, but not for kids and leaders. And this one leader asked one of her high school friends and was like, hey, what was maybe your favorite thing and least favorite thing of the week? And she was like, she told her her favorite thing. And she was like, you know what? I don't think I had a least favorite thing. And she was like, not even the power going out? And she's like, oh yeah, maybe that. Because it was just... It's just so amazing how the Lord will show up and provide and be in our midst and come in power in ways that we never would have dreamed. Well, another thing about camp when we're there is there'll be a group of high schoolers and a group of college kids who give up a whole month of their time. They're volunteering their time and they'll be there serving for a whole month. It's really unbelievable when you think about it. And we took four local high schoolers from our area with us. And they were kind of in all different places when they went. One of them was this guy who he knew since January he was going to go. He was ready, great place. And then the three girls we took, 
they were in all different kinds of places. One of them, this one girl, she just deals with gripping anxiety. And the first day, the buses were rolling in. And it's, it's one of my favorite things. I cry every time when the buses are rolling in because we're so excited to receive them. And she turns around and I say, she's not okay. And she was in the middle of her, her second of four anxiety attacks that day. And I had to take her away and help her, help her work through that. And all week, she dealt with just gripping anxiety, but she longed to stay. And she entered into community. And the closer she got to people there, and the more she saw the Lord work, she worked through it. And her anxiety isn't gone. High schoolers are really dealing with tough stuff now. And we did when we were in high school too, but they're really working through some hard stuff. But she stayed, and she had an amazing month. Another girl that went with us, a year ago, we took her to camp, and she was so mean. And she, to the point where one of her frenemies that was there the, the night before had fallen and had a massive facial injury to the point where one of her teeth had fallen out and the other one had chipped, and she wasn't okay but this girl just thought it would be a good idea while we were hiking a mountain to push her down. And I was like, you can't do that. And I thought maybe I should send her home because we can't push people down when they've had a major facial injury. But we, we let her stay. And that week she met the Lord. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, in Christ you are a new creation the old has passed, the new has come. And we watched her transform into a new creation. She is a different person. She doesn't push injured people down anymore. <laughs> She's amazing. And so this year, we've laughed and laughed about that story. She wanted to go. The end of the summer, she was like, beginning of the summer, she was like, I've got to get away from Fair Hope. It's a hard place for high schoolers to grow up anywhere. But she's like, I got to go. So we took her with us, and we watched her transform even more. And this week, we had lunch with all four of them. And we're like, how's it going? How are you doing? And they were just sad, and they missed it. And one of the other girls said, it's been a fun visit back to Fairhope, but I want to go home to Sharp Top. And it, because they had a taste of heaven, we call Young Life Camps the Thin Spaces because it's where heaven meets earth and they got to experience real impactful community, real Christian community where friends were really building them up and they got to see God move in powerful, mighty ways. And in the gospel today, Jesus talks about how the kingdom of heaven comes to us and he uses parables these stories of everyday life. He did it all the time, but he used these parables to help us understand how the kingdom of heaven comes to us. So if you look at it in Matthew 13, it says this, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. You know, one thing I love about these two connected 
parables. One, he spoke to the men. One, he spoke to the women. who Women weren't necessarily highly valued in this time. But he was saying, you are both equally highly valued. And the kingdom of heaven is for all people. And it's for all people today. It's for all of us to have access to. And so the men generally did the agricultural work in the time. And the women generally did the domestic affairs of the time. And so if you look, the mustard seed was the smallest of the seeds. It was tiny, but it would grow when you put it in fertile soil. It would grow to be this massive, beautiful tree. Jesus gives a beautiful picture of the birds landing in the branches, making nests. If you, can, if you Google when you get home a mustard tree, they're a beautiful flowering, huge tree. And then, you know, yeast is what makes bread rise, and it only takes a small amount of yeast to work its way through the, the flour to make the bread rise. And so he's saying just a small amount of, just a small amount will make the tree grow. A small amount makes the bread rise. And so, you know, when I think about Jesus and at the time, he had these 12 disciples, you know, one of them denied him, one of them completely betrayed him, and then he had, you know, Mary Magdalene was a prostitute who had been possessed. The people that he was leaving the work of growing the kingdom were an unlikely crew. There was a tax collector. They were just common, unlikely people, but look at his church today, all over the world, the kingdom of God continues to grow. And so honestly, it's super freeing to think that he doesn't really need us, that we can just be common followers of Jesus and just be ourselves and just try to be like him. And, and then he will continue to grow his kingdom. He doesn't really need us. He will do it just a small amount. All we have to do is just be faithful. But I also think he's being so personal here. What he's, he's, this is a personal message for us about how the kingdom of God comes to us personally. Because, you know, that small mustard seed is extremely powerful. Now, if you buried it and paved over it, maybe with concrete, maybe it wouldn't do very much. But if you, if you put it in fertile soil beside some concrete and let it grow, Eventually, it would demolish that concrete. I know it's happening to your driveways. It's definitely happening to my mother-in-law's driveway. And so eventually, as you let it grow, that mustard seed grows into something mighty and powerful. So the kingdom of God can do something powerful in our lives if you allow access to your life and allow the gospel to come do a mighty work in your life. But also, the leaven... When it comes into the flour, it doesn't change the bread into something new. It just transforms it. And so when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, it doesn't change our personalities. We don't become these new people. It doesn't make our lives worse. He only adds to our life. We only get new attributes of God. He only makes life better. Like I know with my teenage friends in Young Life, this is one of their biggest fears, that when they say yes to Jesus and they say, okay, I'm all in, but I don't, I don't wanna give up this. 
or I, I don't want life to be worse. I mean, is he going to make life worse? No. He only makes life better. He's just transforming our life into the better if we'll give him access. But sometimes it's hard to know, like, what does that even look like? How, how do we give him access? It's hard to really understand that sometimes. But he gave us some other parables. And so if you look at the next two parables, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure and hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So when you think about a pearl, we have these culture farms now where people can just grow pearls inside oysters in these farms. And so pearls today are valuable, but back in the day, they didn't grow pearls like that. So if you found a pearl in, in the wild, they were extremely valuable. And then they also didn't have banks and Bitcoin and 401ks. And so when they've had coins and a valuable amount of money, they would literally go bury it to keep it safe. And then things would happen like wars or people would die and they would forget to tell a family member where they buried the coins. So this could actually happen where a man would come across a field and find a buried treasure. I, to me, that, that sounds pretty amazing that you could kind of come across the field and be like, oh, here's some treasure. I'm going to buy it. So the thing I think that's really amazing about this is both stories, they figure out what the greater treasure is. And it says this, it says, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. There's no halfway way to get the greater treasure. We know what Jesus is saying, that the greater treasure is him. He's the greater treasure. The kingdom of God is the greater treasure. But there's no halfway way to get it. We have to be all in to sacrifice everything for him. So he wants us to maybe let go of some stuff we're hanging on to. You know, when I think about my 20, early 20-year-old 20 self, when I was right out of college, I was like, okay, what do you want me to do, Lord? I'll move to Texas and start working for this Young Life ministry where I know one person in this giant city and do this ministry I barely know much about. And I just went for it. But now sometimes I think it's harder. I'm a bit more of a curmudgeon, I think, and I, I want to hang on to stuff a little bit tighter. But I think he just wants us to let go a little bit more. But the beautiful thing about it, they didn't do anything to work for it or to earn this treasure. They just received it. He just wanted them. He wanted, he wanted, he just wants us. That's all he's asking for, just all of us. <laughs> it's not much. So what is it? What is it that we're hanging on to? You know, it's, he doesn't, he's not asking us to just work and earn 
and work for that treasure because you know what he says he says he's he's rest for the weary and so what is it that we're hanging on to that we need to let go because i do think the gospel will take us to places we never imagined if we'll just give him access to whatever it is that he's wanting access to in, in our lives and in our hearts in our families so what is it He wants all of us. And they see that these things were of extreme value. And life with him is of extreme value if we'll just enter into it. So what are those things for us today? What is it that he's wanting to transform within us? What is it that he's wanting to to move in power within our lives? What is it that he just wants access to? What are we hanging on to? Because nothing, nothing's better than Jesus. He just wants all of us. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you just want all of us. Thank you that you love us that much. Thank you that you are the better thing. Help us, help us grasp onto that. In Jesus' name, amen.